lips a simple recipe But it would mean so much to me Turn on the gas and make me feel fine All I wanna say is Just give me some hot pizza episode of Financial Pizza. I'm your host, Steve Siddall. Financial Pizza is the only podcast that features clips and some other stuff featuring some of the best financial advisors heard on radio and in podcasts all around the country every week. I bring it to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. Plenty of hot topics this week. Coach Pete DeRuda and Parker Holland break down a case study with amazing results. Richard Pelletier brings us up to date on the SECURE Act and the Stretch IRA. Ed Storrs talking about inflation. Eric Carney has some observations about the election, inflation, and what you can do. Gary Nolan took the Wayback Machine all the way back to 1949, and you won't believe what he found. All of that just ahead. But first, the week that was, that was just crazy. That was the week that was, it's over, let it go. That was the week that was, it started way above. A week that was filled with ups and downs and even a few surprises. On the economy, perhaps a little inflation relief. The month of October showed that the core consumer price index rose by less than expected. That's good. Well, now we look to the Fed and their December meeting to see if they'll continue to raise interest rates. Now, some economists told Bloomberg they expect a half-point hike this coming on the heels of four 75-basis-point increases. Well, there are some signs that the labor market is starting to cool, just what the Fed wants to see. This week, Mark Zuckerberg cut more than 11,000 jobs, while firms like Redfin, Twitter, and Lyft are also slashing their workforces. The S&P 500 gained on Friday and headed toward its best week since June, as a report showing slowing inflation on Thursday raised hopes that the Federal Reserve would soon slow its tightening campaign. We'll have to wait and see. The S&P is now up nearly 14% from its bear market low, but still down 16% for the year. That's not all rainbows and unicorns, of course. The midterms are behind us, thank goodness. And now President Biden has to deal with soaring energy costs. Specifically, there's a shortage of diesel fuel. In fact, inventories of diesel in the U.S. are the lowest they have been heading into winter in 70 years, unnerving a broad spectrum of consumers and businesses. Now, the shortage leaves soybean farmers in the Midwest struggling to stay out of the red and lawmakers in New England imploring the administration to release fuel from the nation's emergency home heating oil reserves. Now, according to Andrew Lippo, a Houston-based oil industry consultant, this is the lowest diesel inventory we've had this time of year since 1951. And it's quite concerning considering demand for it is four times what it was back then. Could be a long, cold winter for those who use fuel oil to heat their homes, particularly in the Northeast. A diesel fuel shortage is not the only headache for the president. A judge in Fort Worth, Texas, found that President Biden's student loan forgiveness program was unconstitutional and it's ended it for all borrowers. District Court Judge Mark Pittman said that the program usurped the powers invested in Congress to create law. The judge said the program is thus an unconstitutional exercise of Congress's legislative power and must be vacated. 
The Congressional Budget Office found that the president's plan would apply to over 40 million borrowers and the cost to the government more than $430 billion. Now, the administration had claimed that it would cost a mere $240 billion. Whoops. Others pointed out that Biden himself undermined the argument for the justification of the program when he publicly admitted that the pandemic was over. Of course, the administration later had to walk that back. And talk about having a bad day. Sam Bankman-Fried, cryptocurrency exchange FTX, has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the U.S. That's according to a company statement posted on Twitter. Now, in the space of days, FTX went from a $32 billion valuation to bankruptcy as liquidity dried up, customers demanded withdrawals, rival exchange Binance ripped its non-binding agreement to buy the company. FTX founder Sam Binkman-Fried admitted on Thursday that he effed up. Yeah, no kidding. And finally, Thanksgiving less than two weeks away, and you better be prepared to pony up some big bucks for this year's feast. Price of turkey is being affected by a months-long avian flu outbreak. In fact, it's wiped out some 6 million turkeys, or roughly 3% of the country's total turkey headcount. Think of it this way. If you spend the same as you did in 2019, you're going to get 24% less turkey this year. Then, then there's the potato shortage. Oh, yeah, there's one of those, too. It started last year with the heat waves and droughts in Idaho that produces a third of U.S.-grown potatoes. And what about all the rolls and biscuits? Mm. Wheat prices have risen to record highs since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which produces so much grain it's known as the world's breadbasket. That doesn't sound good. And did you know that the national butter stockpiles are running low? Oh, there is such a place. The government shows there's 22% less butter stashed away than there was a year ago. Salt or pepper, rosemary or thyme, it's all going to cost you more this year for a variety of reasons. Drought, heat, and other weather-related global warming things have disrupted crops around the world. Add to that fuel costs and labor shortages, and you're going to pay more to spice up your dinner. And if you spend the same on salt and seasoning as you did three years ago, you'll end up with a really bland meal by 13%. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> well, let's get this pizza cooking. First up, it's America's wealth coach and best-selling author, Coach Pete DeRuta, Chief Wealth Strategist Parker Holland, and Retirement and Wealth Strategist Marty Hensley, as well as producer Thomas Lipscomb. Whew, that's a full studio. Now, in this clip, Coach has just introduced Parker Holland with a great case study. Here's his walk-up. If I had a million dollars, I'd be rich. It's not often I get Parker Holland to appear on the show. So while he's here, let's do a case study. Now, what we do before the show is we get the Uncle Sam hat out in the studio. We have numbers in there. So Parker drew, drew I, I don't know what you drew today. Did you draw, draw two ages or one age? So I drew t um, two ages, but well, they happen to be the same age. And, and what age was that? 63. 63, okay. And then we draw another number out. It's the amount of money they have. So the funny thing about this is this perfect time Hilarious, of year. Thomas. <laughs> perfect, perfect time Hilarious. of year. I know we played the million dollar song but i drew nine hundred thousand. so let's say it was a million earlier in the year and now it's nine hundred thousand. <laughs> i like it i like it good point good point so they have nine hundred thousand now mm -hmm. in this mr rogers pretend neighborhood mm -hmm. with real strategies but mm -hmm. what do you do what do you what do you do these, so these this, when are you going to retire so the retirement was in two years okay 65 65 so in two years, they need 900000 to start producing them income. So what we were targeting was how much income can we produce without outliving the money. And that figure came out to $55,000 a year. 
Okay. So they put in 900, waited two years, retired, and they started getting 55,000. Now, of course, this is always worst case scenario. The market's down every single day. We wanted to know that number stayed and it did not decrease. And that is the case here. So, of course, the spreadsheet runs out, but killed them off at 112. And that 55,000 still came in. Okay. Now, of course, we always like adjusting and looking at, well, what if the market did relatively well, about half of what it's been doing? So let's just say roughly 6%, which has been about half of what it's done over the last 10 years. But we know more normal rates is 6 to 8% on the S&P. So if the market did 6%, they put in 900000 that 55000 would increase and grow to over 130000 a year by the time they're 91. So they could start taking income in two years, it would be 55000 you're mm -hmm. saying. But this is based on the market performing at what? 0% for the next 33 oh, years. Oh, zero. I thought you said 6%. No, the next example we had was the 55000 would grow to 130000 if the market did 6% per year. Well, well let's, let's not, I mean, I don't like doing this on the case mm -hmm. studies. We, we pretend the market doesn't do a thing because we like to give the worst case scenario, Parker. Remember that? And that's where that okay. 55000 came into play. Okay, so 55000 a year they could get for the next, uh, for, for their lifetimes, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So how, how long did, in your example, how long did you... Uh, let them stay alive. 112. So they, re oh, so they lived 112. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, well, the modern medicine. <laughs> well, what was the oldest person? 107 recently that passed away? Yeah, but that was past performance. It can't guarantee you results. <laughs> <laughs> we never know. But if they live to be 112, you're saying. Mm -hmm. All right. So over that course of time, what one of them lived to be 112. If, if one passed away, it doesn't matter. The money keeps coming. Correct? Exactly. And then actuarially would be 93 is what we look at. So a 30-year right. timeline. So, so 63 to 93, 65. 60, yep. All right. So so let's let's just let's be more realistic. Let's say they pass away at 93. That means they took out 1.6 million in income wow. from a $900,000 investment. And do they have any money left in that account at that time? And that situation, they do not. But that's the fail-safe part of your plan. That is, is a market down every right. single day, the day they get in. And that's 30 years. 30 Even though years. this is not in the market, it, it the return, like the, the the chance of earning more return is tied to the market being up. Since the market didn't go up, the market went down. They didn't lose any of their money, but they but they didn't gain any money either as far as uh, extra money for, to, to exactly. extend that. Okay. Exactly. But they have that guaranteed lifetime income, that protected income is... 55000 for life. For life. Even if the market went down like it did, mm -hmm. uh, even if their balance went to zero like it did, mm -hmm. they still get $1.6 out of a $900,000 initial. Correct. Now, if they had left that in the market, what do you think that would have been if the market was down uh, 30 straight years? They probably would have hit zero in exactly 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> and they would have yeah. had to reduce that income significantly every year. So that's mm -hmm. a big difference, Thomas. I mean, you're it looking is. at, Marty, I mean, you we, we work around this all the time because everyone's saying, and let's just put ourselves in a in a time machine and, and go to age when they pass away mm -hmm. and their family saying, well, what happened? Uh, they didn't earn any money. We say, remember the market was down every single day for the last 30 years. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and we can always safely assume that will happen. We got to plan worst case. And that's where the foundation of a true retirement plan right. comes in. Now that's for the protected income, 55,000 without any games or gimmicks. Mm -hmm. Now let's just pretend the market does not go down every single day for the next 30 years. And let's have a realistic 
approach to the market, what would you say that would be? And that's where I was looking at that 6%. Okay, so 6%. Let's say the market averages 6% over mm-hmm. the next 30 years. Then what would happen? So that's where that 55000 grew to $130,000. That's income per year. Income per year. 130000 per year. When did it grow to 130000 That was the age of 93 we were mentioning earlier. So it's over the 28-year retirement plan, 55000 grew to 130000 Okay, when did it reach 75000 So it reached 75000 going into the age in which they turned 70, which would be year seven to eight. Okay, so that's... Marty, that that's makes pretty, sense, right? Yeah, but, so the, the, you got a floor. You know exactly what oh, the worst-case yeah. scenario is going to be, and that's the only way I build a plan, as you know. Yeah. Well, looking at the worst-case scenario really makes sense and certainly gives you confidence getting all the way through retirement. Financial Safari heard on stations all around the country. It originates at 106.1 FM Talk in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you can find the podcast at financialsafari.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pizza! Well, now it's time for Richard Pelletier and his version of Financial Safari. Here, Richard takes us through the stretch IRA, what it has become since the SECURE Act. Distribution of inherited IRAs, in other words, the elimination of the stretch. Tell me about that. Maybe we start with what was it and what is it? Okay, before the SECURE Act, if you were the beneficiary of your dad's, let's say, uh, IRA or 401k, a pre-tax asset, uh, you, if it was set up properly, could inherit that, and uh, you would have to require by the tax code to take out some distribution every single year. Uh, but the big benefit was based on your age. Your dad was 20, 30 years older than you were. Uh, so obviously, you got a tremendous tax deferral uh, based on your age. Well, what happens uh, when the SECURA came through, they did away with the inherited IRA, the stretch IRA, uh, and mandated that whatever you inherit as a non-spouse, uh, generally speaking, uh, would have to be uh, completely dismantled, taxed completely within 10 years from date of death. Uh, so, you know, you start getting into some significant, as we see them, uh, pre-tax assets, 401ks, IRAs. Uh, we had one the other day though, to the parents, it was like $2 million. Well, if those kids inherit that money uh, and they now have to pay that thing uh, out within 10 years of death, they may still be in a, the children may be in a very, very high tax bracket. So that's exactly uh, what the taxing authority in this government was trying to do, was accelerate uh, the taxation of the entire pre-tax assets. There's about, last time I heard, trillions of dollars right now sitting in pre-tax assets uh, that someday will pass from one generation to the next. And Uncle Sam wants that money taxed and taxed a lot sooner. So the SECURE Act did everything but SECURE uh, the taxation on large 401ks, it accelerated. So I said maintain for many years, take whatever they call it in Congress. It's like the Inflation Prevention Act. <laughs> what a misnomer that was. Just take the meaning and invert it, and you're going to get a good idea of what it's really all about. <laughs> so it accelerates taxation on inherited IRAs, and the SECURE Act uh, basically categorizes all those beneficiaries who are non-spouse. Uh, they're going to have to have all that money out, one required distribution, at the end of 10 years, you can take out as much money as you want previously, uh, each month, every year, but 10 years, bingo, they want it taxed. And my prediction, it was a draft form in the House, that that will be reduced to five years. Why wow. is that important? Well, if you're 70 or 80 years old, when you pass away, how old are your children? They're 50 or 60 years old. Uh, they're in their peak of their earning capacity. Uh, you're retired, you may be in a 10 or 15% bracket, but your kids who inherit this money all the time, they may be in a 30% bracket. 
So you give them $500,000, it's going to be taxed at a top, top dollar. That's for sure. Yeah. So again, we talk about eligible uh, designated beneficiaries, and that would include, I mean, basically just a spouse, right? I mean, there are a couple the, of other exceptions. The spouse, the spouse who inherits her husband's uh, 401k, etc., okay. uh, can stretch it for her life expectancy. Uh, there is one exception. I think it's for disabled beneficiaries. All right. Uh, they also can be con- constitute designated beneficiaries, but there are very, very few exceptions. So you alluded to this, but let's talk about the ten-year rule and taxes, because that I mean, it's going to be like you said in the case of like you said, if it was a million dollars and and you inherited five hundred thousand, suddenly you've got to pay a lot of taxes. Well, the ten rule, the ten-year rule under the Secure Act, the new rule. It's if you're a non-spousal beneficiary, children, uh, that money is sitting in that IRA account or 401k. It's yours. It's been renamed as an inherited asset for you. Uh, there's, there's no required distribution that, that, that next year that you own it or for any year thereafter, except at the end of the 10th year from the day of death, the entire account has to be distributed and taxed at that time. So uh, the children can take out as much money as they want within the 10 years. The next year, take out every single month if they want to. Uh, but they're not going to be deferring the taxes for longer than 10 years. Well, it's complicated for sure. Richard and his team at Help to Retire can help you make sense of it and make sure it's done correctly. You can catch Richard on the Financial Safari Saturday mornings at 9 on News Radio 560 WHYN in Springfield, Massachusetts. Stream it on the iHeartRadio app. You can learn more by visiting the website, helptoretire.com. That's helptoretire.com. Pizza! Well, now we've got the Wayback Machine warmed up, and here's Gary Nolan ready to jump into all that was 1949. Through the years, let's take a trip back in time. Back in time. 1949. After many years of misery through the Depression and World War II, post-war prosperity is starting to get underway. Companies now able to supply cars, televisions, and other goods demanded in a consumer society. That year, over 6.2 million new cars were sold in the U.S. And now the star of the 1949 auto show, the all-new DeSoto. The long skirts will be the next look on the fashion scene. The Studebaker will be the next look on the automotive scene. Also, nearly 10 million televisions were sold in America. A new type of TV program appeared that we call soap operas. Why do they call them that? More on that in a minute. The Communist People's Republic of China is proclaimed under Mao Zedong. A new government was created after the former government was forced to leave and took over the island of Taiwan. George Orwell's classic dystopian novel, 1984, was published in the United Kingdom on June 8th, considered to be one of the most influential novels written during the 20th century. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, was established during April. It was a collective defense pact meant to protect Europe from the Soviet Union. On April 4, 1949, the North Atlantic Treaty was signed. The pact was designed to keep within the letter and spirit of the United Nations Charter. One of the first long-running and successful sitcoms, The Goldbergs, first aired live on CBS TV in January of that year. The show was groundbreaking at the time and had focused on the daily lives of a Jewish family in New York. How does the new landlord spell his name? Let me see now. How does it spell? The pronunciation, I know. Uh, like fruit. Fruit? Yeah. Mr. Apple? Mr. Prune? Um, no, Mr. Peach. Not much to worry about inflation that year was under 1% at 0.95. 
Your new house cost you around $7,400. You made almost $3,000 a year. Cost of gas was $0.17, cents, and that new car, over $1,400. Movies that year, 12 O'Clock High, starring Gregory Peck, and On the Town with Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly. Stop making plans. Forget about going home. Consider yourselves already dead. Once you accept that idea, it won't be so rough. New York, New York, a wonderful town. The Bronx is up and the battery's down. The people ride in a hole in the So ground. why do they call them soap operas? It was because of the sponsorships. Many soap companies decided to sponsor the new programming. Who knew? Pizza! Ed Storr and his investment coach, Scott Wright, at the Wealth Trading Academy talk about high inflation changing the shopping habits of upper-class shoppers. This high inflation is affecting everybody. And it's even affecting the high earners. Now, Walmart, now here's, and I'm looking at, see, we went and looked because all the earnings have come out. Mm. (laughs) We went and looked at all the earnings and asked to why the earnings are what they are. Yeah. And so we started looking and going, hey, wait a second. Why are the companies earning what they're doing? And even Walmart. Walmart's chief executive officer, Doug McMillan, said household earnings more than $100,000 were making more frequent frequent trips to their uh, stores than ever before. I don't know how they know. (laughs) How do (laughs) they know? Good question. You know, Walmart knows everything. (laughs) So they're taking into consideration the idea that those who have never frequent Walmart before, the high-end consumer, are now coming to Walmart because, well, the prices are cheaper. And so they're not going to the bigger box stores. They're going to Walmart. And that's those who have $100,000 or more of income each and every year. I wonder how many will stay with Walmart after inflation goes away. (laughs) Yeah. The other. They may say, hey, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) well, Walmart does have a whole lot of online shopping that they never had before. Yeah. But yeah, the people that used to shop at Nordstrom's are now at Walmart. The people that were at Walmart are now at Dollar General. So. (laughs) You know, there you go. <laughs> what about the so Dollar General shoppers? <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're just holding on. To, those are the ones that are not putting money in the retirement account that we talked about. Well, that's, that's right. They're not yeah. putting money in their 401k and everything. The Wealth Trading Academy airs at 1 p.m. Saturday on 106.3 WORD, the Upstate's talk station in Greenville, South Carolina. And you can find his podcast at wealthtrainingacademy.com or anywhere you download a podcast. What a crazy year it's been. I mean, you know, you, you thought you had crazy years in the past with the pandemic, the aftermath, the hurricane, and then all of a sudden you've got inflation. I mean, there's just so many issues this year. And, um, you know, the, the markets have been performing something of like a balancing act. I mean, it's it's they, they have, you know, precipitously gone down, but now all of a sudden, you know, they've been recovering in the hopes of a strong midterm election. And, you know, now we see the tides turning a little bit. And um, hopefully um, this is going to make the presidency more benign. And I think that that's what people were looking for. Um, And while that also creates gridlock, I think that that's something that people actually like. Uh, they, they like that nothing's actually getting done or nothing's getting put through. Well, I think um, that's good. I mean, you're right. Uh, people do like the gridlock, and I think it has proven to be, you know, somewhat successful. 
Yeah, and it, it drops a lot of risks, I mean, because then one side is completely getting their absolute agenda. And, I mean, I do believe in checks and balances. And so I think that now, you know, um, there's, there's there will be more checks and balances in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I think that this was a good thing. I all think that it's going to be very good for the markets going forward. So um, we'll see what happens. I think uh, I think people need a break from this downward stock market. They need to see something um, start to come back a little bit. And, and you have been seeing that. You've been seeing the 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 bounce back a little bit, which is always uh, positive to see. Sure. And and so along with that, and along those lines, we uh, you know, it seems that if if the uh, the the gridlock, I mean, that forces compromise. Exactly right. I mean, now all of a sudden people have to, they're forced to work together because basically it's like tug of war. I mean, if you have six guys that weigh 300 pounds on one side and, you know, on the other side, you have six women who weigh 100 pounds a piece. I mean, the the men are going to slaughter the women. They're just going to yank them. You know, there's no checks and balances there. So now all of a sudden there's going to be some communication. They're going to try to work together a little bit. I mean, you know, and unfortunately, I don't know, over the past decade, I think it's gotten worse. I think there's no meeting in the middle at all. I mean, it just seems like, you know, if you are on one side, you are to the far right or to the far left, and nobody's like really kind of have any common ground. And uh, it's it's really divided the country um, pretty much right down the middle, I would well, say. Well, I mean, it's interesting because it's, it's as much as it's divided, you know, I mean, it just doesn't seem to get, it, people just can't seem to get around that. No. And the the frustrating part to a lot of people now is even if you're, you know, more um, liberal, I think people are getting really pissed off. I mean, inflation has gotten out of control. The stock market since Biden has taken office has lost over $10 trillion. Wow. When you really think of that number, the stock market has lost $10 trillion. That is deafening to a lot of people. And, you know, so, uh, you know, at, at some point they're going to be like enough is enough, you know, and I I just don't get how some of these politicians get voted in. I, I, I'm befuddled by that. I always am. Like, where, where were the days where, you know, you respected someone and they really wanted to, to, to do the best for the country? And you don't see that anymore. It's all about their initiatives and and their enthusiasm and, and their, their ideologies and what they want to work on. And it's like nobody wants to work together. And that that's the disgusting part about this country. It's like sure. we really have got to come together and, and somehow fi- fix this whole mess. But um, it's just, I mean, the spending is out of control. And, and like I said, there's a lot of people who do not feel that they have the same quality of life this year as they had in the past. And they're getting tired of that. Of course. I mean, you know, the days of Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan, you know, really crossing the aisle for each other and, right. and, and making stuff happen. That was that was true compromise at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's going to go down in history as, you know, one of the best presidencies and best one of the best times in the country ever. And um, yeah, we're just forgetting all of that. Yeah, and that, that's so. it's just sad. You can hear Eric's show, WealthWorks Radio, on News Radio 1580 WCCF in Punta Gorda, Florida. And this podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, wherever you download a podcast, it's there. Eric is with Retirement Wealth in Cape Coral, Florida. Visit the website, ericcarneyadvisor.com. That's E-R-I-C-K-E-A-R-N-E-Y, advisor.com.
And you can also find him on TV in the area, both Saturdays and Sundays. Check local listings for times and channels. And you can give him a call right here, 800-662-6808, or text him, pizza to 600-700. So that's it, episode 169 of Financial Pizza, ready for that digital delivery. Financial Pizza features clips and more from some great financial advisors helping people get to and through retirement every week. I bring it to you all hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. If you'd like Financial Pizza delivered to you, just subscribe to it, and it'll be in your podcast collection automatically. Find it on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get a podcast. And as long as you're subscribing, be sure to rate and share it. We'd really appreciate that. And I've got links to all the advisors featured in this podcast. Find them in the show notes. You can reach me by email, steve at financialpizza.com. Find me on Twitter at Steve Sinar. Thanks to Dave Perkins, Gary Nolan, and Chrissy Paradis for contributing to this week's podcast. Financial Pizza is produced and written by me, Steve Siddall. It originates from the palatial studios and broadcasting experts in Apex, North Carolina. Thanks for listening, everybody. Really do appreciate it. Going to be back next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. I'm Steve Siddall. Pizza. Coach P Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency.